0: Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now, here's the host of Texas Ag Today,
1: Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Jump on in with me again. Buckle up and let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation Texas agriculture. In the news today, we go to Washington to check out the House Agriculture Committee. We only have one member of our congressional delegation on an ag committee, and that's Mike Cloud of Corpus Christi. He's on the House Agriculture Committee. But he's expressing some frustration at how that committee is being run here in 2021. We'll check in with him to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin, I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the potty woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans Vegas, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley
2: sorghum in the Texas High Plains did get planted a bit on the late side this season, but when the seed did make it into the ground, good soil moisture was waiting and ultimately things have turned out pretty well. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Cotton
3: farmers, are completing harvest here in the Coastal Bend and ginning activities will continue for the month ahead. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area.
4: There is optimism among Texas High Plains cotton farmers for this fall's harvest. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on
1: Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. After nine months in the 117th Congress, the House Agriculture Committee finally held its first markup related to farm production. Texas Congressman Mike Cloud is the only member of the Texas delegation on that committee, and he expressed his frustration at the meeting agenda. Instead of focusing on top priority items for the agriculture industry, the markup focused on a resolution for blueberries to be retroactively celebrated in the month of July 2021. Namely, we have a farm bill coming up, and we have done nothing in this committee to begin to prepare for that.
5: We should be having hearings, we should be having briefings, we should be doing a whole lot of work to get ready for that. And, and so far we've done is two reconciliation bills that were very partisan. Um, but we, we need to see bipartisan action in this committee. This committee's been known for that. I was looking for that when I was added
1: to this committee, and we haven't seen that yet. I'd like us to get back to the real work. Later in the week, the committee also held a hearing on voluntary carbon markets. Cloud says we should not be rushing to implement these policies and should instead ensure that the policies we have are supporting farmers in the best way possible. The drought of 2011 was 10 years ago, but it's still fresh on the minds of Texas farmers and ranchers. A new study by the University of Texas at Austin reveals that drought was even worse than we thought.
6: According to KXAN News, geoscientists at the school were able to use new technology that allows scientists to analyze data with greater detail and accuracy. Researchers looked at soil moisture data and microwave sensors from satellites and put that information into a land surface model. The model revealed significant drought was more widespread in Texas and lasted longer than reported by the U.S. Drought Monitor. KXAN reports the model also revealed exceptional drought covered as much as 95.1% of the state when peaking the week of April 5, 2011. The study has been published in the Journal of Hydrology. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
1: Rain has been both a blessing and a curse here in 2021. Down in the Rio Grande Valley, Sam Simmons says he had a great sorghum crop this year, right up until harvest started.
4: Uh, it looked fantastic. We were going to have a record crop. Uh, in fact, we had started harvesting, and the following day was when we got the first big rain. And so I went into having a good yield, having a good yield with very damaged sorghum. Uh, the the price on it just was terrible Remember, you took in all the docks. So, uh, you know, it really, it really made me sick driving around looking at grain that in some places my dry land looked better. I had a better grain crop than I've ever had down there, as good as my irrigated crop usually is. It, it was destroyed for the most
1: part. Simmons says his cotton crop struggled with dry weather during the beginning of the growing season, then had too much rain at the end sorghum on the texas high plains got planted a bit late this season but james hunt tells us that good summer rains have made for a
2: pretty good crop this fall with harvest now underway dr brent bean of the sorghum checkoff says it looks like we've had a pretty productive season in the texas high plains
7: there ended up being more grain sorghum planted this year than in the past We certainly sort of expected that going into the year with the price of sorghum, and that certainly was the case. So, a lot of sorghum planted, and a lot of sorghum planted actually under irrigation, you know, limited irrigated, or even in some cases, full irrigation.
2: And Dr. Bean's observation on irrigation is notable because it appears the price incentive that led to more acres for grain sorghum also encouraged our local growers to devote a little more water to their sorghum. Of course, there was also help from Mother Nature. Early on, the season was held up a bit by cool, wet weather in the spring, but ultimately the same rains that caused the planting delay rewarded the crop with the critical gift of good soil moisture.
7: One of the most important factors in grain sorghum is going to be the number of seed per head that you end up with. And that is determined usually around that 30 to 40 days after planting is kind of when that potential is set. So if you have a good profile of water going into the season, that will carry you usually through that period. And so if you get any help at all from rainfall during that time, usually we're in good shape from a potential standpoint. And then we were fortunate enough to get to some timely rains later on.
2: Dr. Bean says yields for grain sorghum are looking strong, and it appears sorghum silage production in our area has also increased this year. So, a lot of good news on sorghum, but Dr. Bean is urging farmers to not allow their crop to stay out in the field too long.
7: If the sorghum is ready, let's go ahead and get it harvested while it's still standing, because the longer it sits out there, subject to winds and weather, we can get lodging.
2: I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Harvest
1: activity is winding down in the Texas Coastal Bend. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi.
3: By October 1st, cotton harvest was 99% complete here in the Coastal Bend with a few isolated fields that still needed to be picked. Rains occurred there on the final day of September and continued on in an isolated manner throughout the first three days of the month. And some locations received some pretty heavy amounts, ranging between four and five inches of rain, while a few other locations came up on the short side, barely receiving an inch. Now, cotton production here in the coastal bend did turn out far better than had been expected earlier in the season. And that's generally true for the entire South Texas crop. The cotton quality has been quite good, with over 88% of the crop falling into those desired grades of 21 to 31. Staple length for the crop has been averaging 1.15 inches for the over 675,000 bales that have been classified at the Corpus Christi USDA's cotton classing office. And that fiber strength has also been quite good receiving an average of over 30 grams per tex for that fiber strength. And currently, 45 of the 46 gins here in the South Texas trade area continue to be operating. Now, cattle producers are enjoying some very good conditions, and speaking of conditions, cattle are moving into the fall months in excellent body condition, and currently there are a few producers who are preparing some ground and getting ready to seed some winter pasture and some wildlife life food plots here in the coastal band area. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area for Texas Ag Today.
1: Cotton harvest is getting rolling on the Texas High Plains. Tom Nicoletti checks in with Plains Cotton Growers in Lubbock. My guest today from
4: Lubbock is Chief Executive Officer of the Plains Cotton Growers. Cody Besant. Cody, uh, what are producers looking forward to as uh, the cotton harvest goes uh, in full gear here in uh, the month of October up on the High Plains?
8: Well, certainly producers are very optimistic of the crop potential that we have seen progress over the growing season. Most producers have been actively putting out harvest aids to defoliate and continue to get more ready for harvest. It has started relatively in the area, not aggressively yet. It'll really ramp up probably in the next few weeks, but certainly there's a lot of optimism on the size of the crop from a production standpoint, And then certainly yield expectations remain optimistic for both irrigated and dryland producers. Just given the timely rainfall we've had periodically throughout the year, as well as just optimal growing conditions throughout the season, we are certainly poised to have a good year relative to the last several that we've witnessed uh, over time. And then you couple that with relatively high prices. People are very excited with where the market has been driven to this point to be able to capture that market relative to uh, where it's at in the futures. And then hopefully, as we have in the forecast in the near term next couple of weeks, we'll have an open weather pattern where we'll have people really get aggressive and start harvesting the crop more readily than where they're at today.
4: Indications, it looks like yield potential would range from four and a half million to over five million bales.
8: That's most of the average prediction. Kind of as a rule of thumb, we harvest and produce about 55 to 60 percent of all cotton grown in Texas is from within the Plains Cotton Grower Service area. Certainly a lot higher than where we've been the last couple of years.
4: That is Cody Besant with Plains Cotton Growers Incorporated. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
6: Bow hunting is becoming more popular in Texas. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll explain why on Texas Ag Today.
1: And now is the time to wean spring-born cats. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some tips coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas
1: Ag Today. It's that time of year, time to wean those spring-born calves. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some tips.
9: Mark Johnson indicates in Drovers Daily that hopefully most producers in cow-calf production are using best management practices, and this includes having a 90-day breeding season in the spring. So all the calves will be born within a 90-day period. Determining pregnancy status is important, and the pregnancy status should be checked this time of year. We certainly do not want to feed any open cow all winter long if they are not going to have a calf. And we want to know not only are the cows pregnant, but when they become pregnant, as cows that take longer to breed year after year will eventually miss a year. It is a good idea to get estimated weights on all cows so you can have some idea of the amount of hay you will need for the winter. And while you are checking weights, it's easy to assign every cow a body condition score. Cows need to be at a body condition score of 5.5 out of 9 at calving, and it is likely the BCS will be less at the time of weaning as the cows will be the thinnest when nursing calves just before weaning. If you do have thin cows at this time of year, feeding extra feed once the calves are weaned will allow you to add weight fairly quickly. This is also the time of year to vaccinate the cow herd, getting them ready for breeding in the spring, and deworming is also usually performed this time of year. When cows are examined in the chute, don't just check for pregnancy, but check for foot problems, udder problems, and dental disease, or lack of teeth that may require culling. And lastly, all of this information should be maintained on your records to help make better management decisions. That's today's Texas Vet News. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Bow hunting is becoming more popular in Texas. Jessica Domel tells why in today's Wildlife Report.
6: The archery only hunting seasons for several animals, including white tailed deer, are open now. And this year, there may be more hunters taking part in the seasons than in previous years. Travis Glick, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Community Archery Specialist for Central Texas, joins us with more.
5: Bow hunting is very popular in Texas, we gained a lot of popularity when we introduced crossbows into archery season. And then with the shortage of rifle ammunition right now, it's gaining popularity again. I like to give credit also to movies like Hunger Games and Brave, and a lot of those really stirred the idea of participating in archery and kids. And hunting is a really logical next step once they participate. Our National Archery in the Schools program exposes thousands and thousands of kids to archery every year. And a lot of those kids are intrigued and want to try boat hunting as well. So those are the things that have encouraged Texans over the last several years to participate. And the big thing that's holding those, a lot of those Texans back is land access. Because we, we have very little public land in the state of Texas. And so most, most hunting happens on private land.
6: To help Texans looking for a place to hunt, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department has an interactive map of public lands where hunting is allowed on their website. You can also sign up for a mentored hunt or enter one of the drawings for a hunting opportunity on leased private property or public lands. There are also still a few days left to enter to win one of this year's big-time Texas hunts. The deadline to enter that is Friday. You can find links for the public lands, the drawn hunts, and big-time Texas hunts on the hunting tab on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
1: We had a mixed trade in the cattle market on Tuesday. We finished lower on the live cattle market, higher on feeder cattle, but we saw a big tumble in cotton and corn. We'll take a closer look at all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: Trains are everywhere. You should always expect one, even on private property. Only cross tracks at designated crossings that fit your equipment. If you don't fit, don't commit. Whenever you're operating, secure your load, raise your equipment, and avoid getting stuck or causing damage. Minimize distractions. Remember, noisy equipment drowns out the sound of a train. Unless you're crossing, always keep a safe distance from train tracks. Look, listen, live. For more info, go to oli.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
1: We had a mixed trade in the cattle market on Tuesday. We ended up closing mostly lower in the live cattle market, mostly higher on the feeder cattle trade. We closed with October live cattle down 60 cents, 125.02. December down 92 at 129.25. February down 62 cents, 134.25. Feeder cattle finishing higher on all except the nearby October contract. It was down 75, 158.57. November feeders up 7, 161.80. The January up 67 cents, 162.77. Cash-fed cattle market all quiet on Tuesday. We saw some asking prices from the feedlots at 125 to 126, but no sales to report. Boxed beef prices lower Tuesday. Choice down 27 cents to eighty eighty-five. Select down two nineteen at two sixty-one forty-five. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. There's the cattle in the alleyway. Here's your cold Texas
5: sized glass of iced tea. And here's that livestock market auction report. Let's head to Beeville. Down on the coastal plains. Talk to Rodney Butler about his Friday sale. Rodney, how'd that variety sale turn out? We had 792 head of cattle, three horses, and seven goats. Your two to three hundred pound steers were a dollar twenty-three to a dollar eighty-one. Heifers a dollar eighteen to a dollar eighty. Your three hundred four hundred pound steers were a dollar twenty to a dollar seventy-eight. Heifers were a dollar twenty to two o five on some Bremer heifers. Your four hundred to five hundred pound steers were a dollar twenty-six to a dollar sixty-five. Heifers a dollar twenty-one to a dollar eighty-five. Your five hundred six hundred pound steers were a dollar twenty-one to a dollar thirty-seven. Heifers a dollar nineteen to a your 600 Your six hundred seven hundred pound steers a dollar eighteen to dollar twenty nine. Heifers a dollar seventeen to a dollar ninety. And your 700 to 800 pound steers were $1.2 to $1.18. And heifers were $1.4 to $1.27. Packer cows, we had quite a few cows this week. They brought anywhere from 28 to 67. Bulls brought from 58 to 93. Our young stalker cows brought anywhere from 66 to 90 cents. Bread cows brought up to 1,010. Our pears we had brought from 900 to 1,190. Horses brought 310 to 1,100. And so we had a good sale Friday. What are you aware of for this next go-round? Cow herd sell out of 37 red Brangus cross cows. Young to uh, 8-year-old pears and bred cows on them. And then I got 20 crossbred cows coming from the same place. And I know of uh, two bunches of calves coming this week. Ought to be some pretty good calves. Have a good sale again, sir. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Rodney Butler, Beeville Livestock. Sales on Friday. Call me at 361-358-1727. Or you can call me on my mobile. 645-5002. We've been with Rodney Butler, BVL Livestock, on Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Neighbor, thanks for drinking that glass of iced tea with me. Good visit, we'll do do it again tomorrow.
1: Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs closed lower. October hogs down 87 cents, 89.07. December hogs down two dollars, 78.17. Class three milk was mixed. October milk down four, 17.89. A hundred weight. November milk unchanged at 18.82. The cotton market sharply lower following USDA's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Report released on Tuesday. The U.S. numbers were actually friendly. They lowered U.S. production and lowered ending stocks. However, when you look at the world numbers, global production increased, global consumption decreased, and global carryout jumped 450,000 bales. That all added up to a sharply lower close, with December cotton down 341 points, 106.38, March cotton down 314, closing at 104.10. Same story in the corn market. That USDA report put some pressure on the market. USDA releasing a higher-than-expected estimate of U.S. ending corn stocks at 1.5 billion bushels. The corn production estimate was increased up to 15.019 billion bushels. We end up closing with December corn down 10.5, 5.22 and a half. March corn down quarter, 5.32 a bushel. USDA's wheat numbers, somewhat friendly. We ended up closing higher in both hard and soft wheat. July Kansas City wheat up 4, 7.44 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up three quarters at 7.40 and three quarters. In the energy markets, November natural gas up 14 cents, 5.48. November crude oil up 7 at 80.59 a barrel. The financial markets were slightly lower Tuesday. Dow Jones Industrial down 65 points at 34,430. The NASDAQ down 11,14,474. The S&P down 6 at 4,354. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet.